Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Have you been searching for something healthy and natural to make you feel better and get you back on the up and up? Let me introduce you to Life Cycle Mushroom Tinctures. Life Cycle is now transformed into an evolutionary mushroom biotechnological company that harnesses the great potential mushrooms possess. Life Cycle's mission is to deliver the highest possible ethos attached to the incredible professional products to those who wish to upgrade their wellness and reach their true potential. Let's start with Turkey Tail for your gut health, Rishi for relaxation, Lion's Mane for focus, Cordyceps to help your body realize its true natural potential, and Shiitake for your hair, nail, and skin support. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiots.com, look for the Life Cycle link, use CSIPOD10 for a promo code to help you save some money today. So imagine what I could do to you. Mmm. I could tear a telephone directory in two. Bending iron bars is something else that I can do. I always pick my teeth with the nearest billiard cue. So imagine what I could do to you. Mmm. To see my many attributes won't need a second glance. You know if you resisted, you just wouldn't stand a chance. I can knock a hole right through a solid concrete wall. I can pull a tree out by its roots and that's not all. Now you know about me, you don't need a crystal ball to tell you just what I could do to you. Mmm. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a bonus episode of your favorite podcast, Cigars for Idiots. I am Rob. I want to tell you guys, the song that you just heard was from the exotic one, Adrian Street. He was a professional wrestler. Uh, I think he, he started probably back 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, this guy, this is the one cool thing about this podcast. This is the one thing that I enjoy and I've always enjoyed about doing this is we have talked to some really like off character people we have did like episodes on off character type people um this guy was the most unique off character person in professional wrestling uh if you don't like professional wrestling and you think oh, i don't want to listen to this episode uh just give it a chance listen uh about this guy um adrian street he would dress uh i guess I guess kind of cross dress. He would wear, uh, he had bleach blonde hair, warm and pigtails. He wore makeup, wore lipstick. He's real flamboyant. And in the time that he wrestled, um, that was a, that was kind of a, 
you know, he was a heel for sure. And he was there to get the crowd riled up. Um, but, you know, his look, he's about 5'8", and he had a valet, uh, his ring manager slash partner, longtime partner, uh, Miss Linda. She was about six foot tall. And so they would go territory to territory. And, uh, man, he, he was just on another, like, he was ahead of his time, I think, as far as professional wrestling goes. He was a great fighter. He's a great shoot fighter. Um, this guy, he was from Wales. And so if you watch, if you've seen any professional wrestling like Dean Malenko, you watch people like uh, Lord Steven Regal, those guys like that, they can really wrestle. They're, they are tough. Arn Anderson even went on record in a podcast here recently and said Adrian Street was probably one of the toughest bastards in wrestling. Uh, his looks were very deceiving. Uh, and it seems like a lot of times, and, and you know, he wrestled in Continental or Georgia Championship Wrestling, so he's in the South in, in the United States. And so, you know, you can probably kind of figure how they were treated by the fan. He was treated by the fans when he would come out. He would just get them all in an uproar. So he's going in there. He's dressed up, you know, got these pink uh, robes on. He's got on makeup. He's wearing all this glitter, lipstick. Uh, and he's beating up your favorite wrestler. And after he beats up your favorite wrestler, he kisses them in the mouth. And they they and Miss Linda holds them back by their arms and he puts makeup on their face. So you can imagine how much, uh, for a better lack of a, a term, shit he caught every single time he was in an arena. Um, and a lot of times when they would leave, that people would try him. They would think, you know, well, he's he looks like he, he, he was homosexual. Uh, he was not homosexual. That was just his gimmick. And he was super flamboyant, uh, dressed androgynous. And people that tried him found out real quick that that was a terrible mistake because he was he was really a really tough dude uh, that you did not want to mess with. The reason we're doing a podcast or I wanted to do a podcast on this guy, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, July the 24th of 2023. And I just kind of wanted to go over as a child when I was growing up, we had superstars of wrestling would come on like Saturday night. And me and my cousins would spend the night with each other, and we'd stay up all night long watching wrestling. And uh, we would wrestle in between the commercial breaks. But this guy was one of the main guys that we, I mean, we mocked and we laughed, you know, and we, uh, it was just, he was just something else. And so I just kind of want to give him a little, pay him a little homage and, and kind of go over his, uh, over his wrestling career, which lasted a very long time. And I'll just dig into it right now. Uh, he was born December uh, 5th of 1940 in South Wales. He came from a, a poor coal mining family. His father mined for 51 years. When he was a teenager, he actually began bodybuilding. He left home at the age of 16 to seek a professional wrestling career in 1957. Uh, he, was a, he was inspired by American wrestlers, uh, Buddy Rogers, Don Leo, Jonathan. Um, he, adopted, he actually adopted his first, uh, you know, his first wrestling name was Kid Tarzan Jonathan. So um, he trained professional wrestlers. He was trained by professional wrestlers Chick Osmond and Mike uh, Dimitri. He uh, his first professional wrestling match was August the eighth of nineteen fifty seven, using that kid Tarzan Jonathan uh, name, um, and he actually beat Jeff uh, Moran. That was his first. Uh, that was his first win. So later in his career, he he moved away from the uh, kid Tarzan thing, the kid Tarzan gimmick. And he developed uh, exotic Adrian Street. And he was an outrageously attired, effeminate character. 
he was hinted to be gay, but he, he never confirmed he was gay, and he was not gay. Um, he explained that the gimmick was born by accident and his, as a result of him playing up and taunting an audience one evening. And he got such a response, uh, and people would react to it so much. And in the wrestling business, that's what they call a pop. He would get the hugest pops off of off of start. You know, when he started doing those things, and the more he would wrestle, the more uh, costumes would get wilder. Uh, his attire would include pastels, uh, makeup, glitter, and he wore his hair in pigtails, like clipped in pigtails, and bleach blonde hair, and a little like mini pigtails. Uh, and he was known as the exotic one. The signature move uh, that he used was he would kiss his opponent to escape being pinned. And if you ever watch this guy wrestle, I mean, if you got, of course, everybody has YouTube now. You can go back and watch some of his matches. And, man, he you can see why he would get so many people so upset. Um, he also, he sang the, the song that you just listened to. Uh, in the in the very beginning of the opening, it was uh, "Imagine What I Could Do to You." It was a, the exotic Adrian Street and the Pile Drivers was the name of his band. Nineteen seventy one, he booked a match with a TV presenter named Jimmy Seville. Uh, there was a disagreement. Um, I I kind of jumped on this a little early, but this guy was going to be a referee, but he wanted to be a wrestler, and he was well known. Uh, he he was pretty popular, pretty popular guy. And one thing Adrian Street would always make sure that since he was the heel, he was the bad guy, he would make uh, the baby face, good guy, always go out first so they could get their, you know, the crowd cheering, get them behind him. And then he would go out and taunt the crowd and get everybody riled up before their match. And uh, Seville knew this. And he always, um, like, he, he knew that this is what Adrian did. So right before their match, he runs – and tells Adrian that they're his. It's like your music's playing. They're playing your music. So Adrian's uh, kind of caught off guard and gets his stuff together and runs out. Goes on down to the ring. The music's not playing, and Seville's not out there. So he already knows that he had set it up to where he would come out last instead of him. And so it made uh, Adrian Street got. He was furious. He was mad. First off, he he never recognized the guy as a wrestler. He didn't care for him, and uh, he. He straight up whipped this guy's ass in a wrestling match. And somebody had asked him, how long did the match go bell to bell? And he said he stretched it out as long as he could. He said that he ripped chunks of this guy's hair out. He just pounded him, pummeled him, kicked him, threw him out of the ring. And then at the end, he put him in a submission hold that he said he he, he literally thought he broke the guy's back. Uh, so he he was a no-nonsense character in the in the ring. And later on, you would find out that Seville he uh, he had um, he was always bragging about all these relationships that he had with all these girls and things like that. And they found out later that he actually not only was he uh, having these relationships with all these girls, they were actually underage girls. And he was actually uh, the worst part of it; he was exposed for. Um, for several years later, victims were coming forward saying that he had sexually assaulted them. Most of the girls were emotionally or physically vulnerable, and uh, he uh, also um, had a. There was a claim that he was a necrophiliac, and he he actually was volunteering at hospitals. Um, and so, you go back and talk about Adrian Street beating this guy up in the ring. Uh, little did they know he was uh, he was actually doing everybody a favor uh, by just pounding this guy and beating the shit out of him. 
Um, he was a heel. He traveled all over. Uh, he wrestled in Germany. He wrestled in Canada. He wrestled in Mexico. He wrestled in the UK. Um, he actually had a tag partner with his name was Bobby Barnes, and they were called the Hell's Angels. Uh, in 1969, he actually met Linda. She she would go watch him wrestle. That's how they met each other. She was kind of a fan, and they met each other. And uh, during the 1970s, she actually started wrestling in Britain's. Uh, her name was Blackfoot Sue. And later in America, they formed the double act. She became Miss Linda, and she became one of uh, professional wrestling's first female valets. Uh, and she kind of she kind of paved the way for like you, people like Miss Elizabeth or Missy Hyatt or uh, any of these wrestlers that had females with them uh, in in the ring. And so she was also frequently helping with the in the in-ring shenanigans with adrian she would help fix his hair put on his makeup things like that and then actually when he would win the matches she was the one that would hold it and she was a big lady she wasn't small and she would actually hold these other wrestlers arms behind their back they would be like unconscious uh quote unquote unconscious and he starts putting the makeup on them and uh they would just they would have the whole crowd in a frenzy and i, and I do implore you to if you do want to see any of his matches just to kind of see he was way ahead of his time on, in his gimmick and what he did but it, for that time it did work because it was so taboo back uh back in the 70s and 80s uh for someone uh you didn't see grown men kissing grown men and much less you didn't see uh you know you're you these big tough guys getting beat up by a guy wearing makeup so that that was uh it was a great gimmick they made their way to north america in 1981 they appeared in various territories and when we say territories, you know, you have like uh, the WWF was up around New York, like uh, the Northeast, and then the South, you had uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, you had Mid-South. Continental is where I always saw Adrian Street wrestle. Uh, he uh, It was in Birmingham, Alabama. And when we'd watch Superstars of Wrestling, these different territories, uh, they would have so much time on this whole, I mean, this, this thing stayed on from 7 o'clock to like 2 o'clock in the morning. So we watched all these different territories wrestle. Um, he worked as, uh, heels against Austin Idol. That was his biggest, uh, rival, Austin Idol and Wendell Cooley. And then he also, uh, Bob Armstrong, which was also Bullet Bob Armstrong. He, he kind of broke character as far as being a heel and, uh, he helped out because Bob Armstrong was the baby face. And so, um, he, uh, he was attacked by three other wrestlers and Adrian Street came to his rescue and so he got a ton of uh, he got a ton of fans uh, from that as well too. So uh, he had started teaming up with Bill Dundee and Todd Morton uh, in uh, RPM, Mike Davis, and also um, they were feuding with Terry Garvin, and uh, Terry Garvin ended up actually being one of the Freebirds. Uh, and then you had uh, it was Terry Garvin and uh, Mark uh, Gully. They were known as Beauty and the Beast, and that was one of the tag team. Uh, tag teams that he had feuded with when he retired in the ring he ran a school a wrestling school called skull crushers and that was in gulf breeze florida uh and then hurricane ivan had came along and severely damaged the school and it kind of made it impossible for them to uh, rebuild there and they start they also had another business where they were uh making and selling professional wrestling gear uh to other other wrestlers he actually uh, created gear worn by Mick Foley as Dude Love uh, during his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he still had a, like a little bit of a, a, you know, he had some sort of a, a, 
you know, his hand on the pulse of wrestling, even after he retired. Um, he also, um, he estimated his last, his last match actually was like in 2014 in Birmingham, Alabama. And Lord, I don't even know how old he would have been. He, uh, he, he, he died in his eighties. So, um, he also estimated that he probably had anywhere between 12,000 and 15,000 wrestling matches, which is absolutely insane. If you think about how tough that is on the human body. I mean, it's just a complete beating that these guys take. And he wrestled for decades. And again, you know, he's wrestling. He's estimating anywhere from 12,000 to 15,000 people. So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code ROBW10, that's R-O-B-W-10, for some immediate savings. We'll kind of take a look into his personal life. And in 2005, he actually proposed to his longtime manager, Miss Linda, and uh, Don Leo Jonathan, which was one of the people that he wrestled and trained with in the very beginning, was his best man at his wedding. And in 2018, he actually survived a, va- a bout with cancer. And at that point, he and his wife, Linda, returned to Wales. Uh, Florida had just destroyed the wrestling school, and they just didn't like the heat. So they kind of wanted to get out of out of that area. So, And then, again, unfortunately, like we said, in 2023, this year, July 2023, on the 24th, he died at 82 years old uh, in Grange University Hospital. Uh, the cause of death was sepsis, and he had developed uh, from uh, colloidus, so. Unfortunately, uh, it's a it's a sad it's a sad day when we lose like legends like that people that that had such a mark in their profession, uh, and his was professional wrestling. I think he's he's legendary. He'll go down in the history books as somebody that uh, was a pioneer of the sport. Unfortunately, he never wrestled for the WWE. And I don't think he'll ever uh, they'll ever put him in the wrestling hall of fame. But he's definitely a guy that belongs in the hall of fame of wrestling. So he, uh, when you when you get a chance, go watch some of these guys' uh, matches. It's pretty pretty incredible. His championships and accomplishments. He was uh, all star wrestling. He was a world middleweight champion two times. Cauliflower Alley Club Gulf Coast Honoree Award two thousand five. In uh, NWA Florida heavyweight champion one time, NWA Hollywood wrestling, he was uh, the heavyweight champion once, and then tag team champions two times with Timmy Flowers. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's ranked number one seventy one of five hundred best single wrestlers. That's a lot. Uh, might could have scooted him up a little higher there. Uh, Mid South Wrestling Association, he was a television champion once. Southeastern Champion Wrestling, he was the heavyweight champion six times there. Uh, Southwest Championship Wrestling, he was a junior heavyweight champion once. And overall, uh, Best Gimmick 1986 and Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter Award. So we can we all know like we've I've, I've interviewed wrestlers on this thing and we've we've been to you know we've covered wrestling events and stuff like that before in the past. 
what you need, what you don't understand is, yeah, pro wrestling, you know, people say it's all scripted or it's fake. It does not take away from the athleticism that these guys have and these ladies have. And it also certainly doesn't take away from their toughness. And uh, hands down, I think Adrian Street probably was one of the toughest dudes uh, in professional wrestling. And then you just can't have that type of a gimmick and not be tough. I mean, there's just no way possible that you can go out there and put yourself out there uh, the way he did every single weekend at every single venue that he went to and uh, not take a little flack from the crowd and not have somebody think that they could test him or try him, you know. And again, like Arn Anderson said, people would try him and they would find out real quick. Even Jim Ross, Jim Ross had a great announcer, Jim Ross had even talked about it and said that uh, – just, you know, grown men weren't, people weren't accustomed to, at that time seeing grown men kiss each other. And uh, he would have the whole entire uh, arena in a frenzy, you know, just like, just wanting, they wanted to fight him. They were so mad at him. So they're, he's over there beating up, you know, their favorite wrestler and kissing on him and putting makeup on him. And uh, everybody in there is trying to fight him at the end of the thing. So, but uh, what a long, great, wonderful uh, career the exotic Adrian Street had in professional wrestling. And I just I was I'm I just wanted to do this podcast because I feel like uh, he's he kind of fits our mold. We're just kind of out of the box and do things our own way and don't really follow any direction from anybody. And, and he he personifies uh, that whole spirit of doing things his own way, not following anybody else's rules and doing his own thing. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Uh, Adrian Street. You'll be missed, and we definitely will uh, enjoy going back down the old uh, back down the old uh, road to take a look at some of the matches that you had. And uh, we get to share your story with other people that may not be familiar with you, so that way they can enjoy kind of what we did about you uh, back in the day when you wrestled. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, You guys, please remember, whatever you listen to us, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, please give us a follow and also give us a a review, a five-star review. What that does, it, it helps push us up into the mix with all the other big podcasts out there in the world. And we greatly appreciate your support, and we appreciate you listening to us, and we appreciate you guys sharing us with uh, with your friends and family. And that's going to do it. Everybody have a good evening. Take care.